Welcome to the Awaken the Awesome Podcast with your host, Uriyidi. This is Awaken the Awesome, a podcast where we take a moment to acknowledge that we are all in this together. Through enlightening conversations and personal insights, we like to connect with individuals just like you who show us how they are bringing a little bit of awesomeness in their individual journeys. Our hope is to encourage you to always keep pushing and to stay awesome along the way. Some people radiate a certain kind of specific energy and you can tell there's a special connection that's worth tapping into. That's exactly the kind of vibe I got from my next guest. Tal Spicer is definitely what one might call a special breed of enlightenment, kindness, and wisdom. Through his amazing personality and powerful message of empowerment, accountability, and personal truth, his is the kind of mission that certainly aligns with ours. A genuine smile, a kind heart, a truly cool cat. Our conversation was a truly powerful one where I got to sit down and learn a thing or two about acceptance, aligning your mindset with your actions, and having the guts to follow your guts. So let's get into this. Awaken the Awesome, episode 76 with Talmaj Spicer. Here we go. I'm not sure if the energy, I'm not sure if it's the universe. I just said like, you know what? I like this cat. Like, I like him. I just genuinely like him. Like, seriously, I'm not making this up. I genuinely just like respond so positively. Everything you're doing, it's an amazing feeling, man. Like, seriously, whatever you're doing, keep doing it, man. Because you inspire a lot of people. I appreciate that a lot. I really respond a lot to, you know, what you speak in terms of affirmations. Because you're really big on that. You always come back to, you know, personal belief and limiting beliefs and the things that we say you know the words we put out into the universe you know you the the energy you put out you know and it's the energy that you get back and I guess you know I just wanted to uh, you know just launch the conversation because you know I'm sure you've heard it all you know through your different ongoings and different relationships you have and the thing is my main question if you will is just like are people because I guess I got, I got to preface this, right? The thing, I've been doing a lot of work on myself, a lot of reading, a lot of, you know, things about psychology and listening to the universe and being centered and, you know, learning to accept yourself. And um, the thing is, you realize that it's really true what you say. It's about what you believe. It's one thing to say it, you know, the affirmation, but it's also another very powerful thing to believe it. And I guess my first question would be, are people just lazy, afraid, or both, in your opinion? Afraid, lazy, or both. Um, I, I think that uh, if, if you look at everybody's individual makeup, we we have a we're a combination of a bunch of different things. So some of us may be more lazy, some of us may be more afraid, some of us may be a mixture of both, and I think that varies from person to person. But I think if we wanted to generalize, I think people are just they just unaware of what they're unaware of. They can't resonate to an experience that they never had. So as somebody who practices affirmations, I know beginning out, you may not necessarily believe in them. But then when they start coming into your life and you make that connection, oh, the affirmations have changed my experience in this way or one way or another. Now you know the importance of it. But so many people have never tried it out at all. Uh, granted, given that, given it that time to actually start experiencing it that they just don't know, you know, the, the power of affirmations. So I, I think, yeah, I think that's pretty more of an umbrella and a take on it, that people just don't know what they don't know. 
And okay. then there's some people that do know and are lazy or afraid. <laughs> because it's something that you realize, you know, you take a step back because I try very hard because, you know, you want to be empathetic. You want to be understanding. It's like going to the gym. You know, somebody can do 50 push-ups. Somebody is just trying their first, their first push-up. So there's always, you're always at, you're, 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 you're always at your own point. You know, you're just running your course and your path. So you, of course, you try to be understanding and try to, you know, just collaborate and communicate that truth. And the thing is, um, do you believe that we have to go through this period of of confusion? Because I hear that a lot. You get that a lot. Not just, you know, just what all the content you see on Instagram. It's just like right now I'm just feeling this energy where everybody's so confused and trying to make sense. And I'm just wondering, where do you think that comes from, all this aspect of confusion? Well, I think that the... Um the biggest teacher is experience. And uh, as a person who has considered himself to be the type of person who has to jump off the bridge to see there's water under there, they always call me mm-hmm. uh, hard headed and, and things like that. I, I think that uh, a lot of people are, um, they're not experiencing, they're trying to understand things they haven't yet experienced. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and then on top of that, there are some experiences that they have had that they haven't been able to assign the appropriate meaning or definition to. You know, mm-hmm. so there's there's a lot of trial and error going on. There's a lot of people that are picking up, but there are a lot of people that are just, you know, they'll they'll have a negative experience, they'll assign a negative uh, definition to it, and they don't understand that that is the reason why they're going to attract another negative experience. You know, so again, I guess it's just more about people not knowing what they don't know. Um, mm-hmm. And it's leading to confusion and trying it out. The last thing I would want, though, is for anybody to stop trying because they have a hard time. Like you said, everybody has their own process, you know, their own journey. And, and I think that it's most important to trust that process, regardless of how hard or difficult it seems, as much as you as much confusion as you're experiencing, it'll it'll clear up. Don't we always fall into the uh, the unfortunate and dangerous mindset of the comfort zone, though? Because, you know, this is the only reality I know, so why even bother? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. But that's that's tied into uh, uh, identification with your situation. The people believe that they are products of their environment, and that's true to a certain degree, but they don't take into account that their environment is also... Uh, dictated by you. It could be manipulated by you, by the things that you consume, the things that, that uh, you, you tell yourself over and over again. That's going to also influence your environment as well. So we're always, so it's up to us to, you know, just be able to speak that, that reality that we seek. 100%. I, I believe wholeheartedly in uh, the idea that the words you speak are the house you, you live in. Uh, I was, it was just my own personal experience. Um, cause I spoken about this, you know, on previous recordings, the fact that, you know, I went to, you know, my own personal, you know, my own personal demons, like, you know, it was just like, uh, you know, personal depression. I just had a burnout, you know, just in a past life. And I've made adjustments for that. And sometimes you realize, um, when you come out the other end and you're telling yourself, you know what, life goes on any which way you put it, life goes on. And for me, that was my own realization that, you know what? No matter how sorry you feel for yourself, eventually it is up to you to decide. And I love the hashtag you put up in one of your IGTVs. It's like, good things happen when. And I guess my own personal take on it was like, you know what? I believe that good things happen when you decide. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how you feel about that. That's amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And I do miss that hashtag. I do need to add some more content uh, into that category. But um, there, there's something that you said. Let me try to pull it, pull it back. Um, uh, something that you said sparked a thought in me that I kind of lost just now, but I want to try and pull it back. Could you just give me a couple things? My own reality is the fact that, you know, the more the, the if you if you spend too much time overthinking, mm-hmm. basically, you're just stuck in it. You're just sticking yourself in the rut because eventually, however you put it, however you feel like it. Again, that's my own personal take on it. Some people might disagree. I think that whether good or bad, happy or sad, you still got to get moving, you know, because oh, yeah. you just you still got to get moving. I believe that for me, that's that's my reality. The way I the way I see it is the fact that eventually it is up to you to decide to actually keep going. Either you can sit exactly where you are and accept this choice that you're not, you know, that you don't feel like going, going forward and that's okay, but you need to accept it. You can't just project your toxicity on everybody else saying like, you know, well, you know, they're better off. Well, no, well, you can just decide. Mm-hmm. It's up to you. That's how I feel. Absolutely. Definitely. We definitely resonate on that point. And, and what I was going to say just came back to me. Um, and it's in regards to trust, you know, trust in the mm-hmm. situation, trust in the process. And the story that I tell myself about it is some, it's, it's something that I picked up from somewhere, but it's all about a bird sitting on a branch. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, the message is that the bird isn't putting its trust or its faith in the branch, but instead it puts it in its own wings. So what that means to me is worst case scenario, whatever I choose to do to decide to do, I'm going to be all right because I'm resourceful. You know, I'm going to figure a way out. I have the tools that I need to bounce back from any uh, uh, downfall or or trip up, slip up, whatever. I'm going to be able to pull myself up and I put my faith and my belief and my energy in that. Therefore, I no longer experience fear or nervousness or insecurity in certain situations because I'm okay with the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is me. And that's pretty mm-hmm. good, you know? And I, I think if, if a lot of people, if more people adopted that, that um, perception, they would see a decrease in their fears as well and their anxieties. Just like that. I believe there's also, for me, um, my observation is the fact that, you know, there's a lot of, in terms of, you know, internal dialogue, there's a lot of friction caused by comparison because we live in such a society where everybody's trying to, you know, just show their best self. And you're always trying you're, the consequence of that, the negative consequence of that, because we're also exposed is the fact that you're always seem to think, again, if you're somebody who's still trying to, you know, put the pieces together for your own self is the fact that you always think there's something wrong with you. When I believe the first cornerstone of that, you know, to move forward on on going to the next level is you need to learn acceptance. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you had those particular struggles along your journey. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I actually had a, uh, well, while I was in school, right, I, I, I can admit that I wasn't the best student, right? And I did have a feeling and a belief that I should be doing this and I should be doing that. And I'm looking around and I'm seeing people that are doing those things. And by comparison, it makes me look and feel worse, you know, than, than what I feel. But I always had the capability and ability to, the ability to look at my strengths as well. Like I can say, okay, you're, you're doing great in this class that I may be struggling in, but I'm also managing, uh, I'm on the e-board of this group and I'm on the, the executive board of this group and I'm facilitating these events and things like that. And I can, I can kind of still have a, a sense of self-worth because of that. Um, 
But I think that the biggest thing when it comes to comparing yourself to other people is realizing that you're coming from a mentality and a psychology based in separation. So if you believe that everybody else around you is different and separate from you, then of course there's going to be the element of duality. There's, there's competition. But if you believe in oneness, then somebody else's success is also your success. And, and it, it may be a, a difficult concept to accept on the surface, but if you realize that uh, when you see somebody else succeeding, you know, you've attracted that, that experience into your life, which means there's something in you that can do the same thing. There's a, a resonating frequency there. So I'm not going to down myself because you're succeeding. I'm going to look at your success and feed on that energy and allow it to feed my own success as well. So I think that will kill the comparison is just the idea that somebody else doing something means that I can't do it. That's true. True that. True that. Because I, um, well, again, it's perspective that teaches you that, right? Because we are, we're all humans and we all have, a, you know, a kaleidoscope of emotions. And one of them always being, you know, anxiety or anger or jealousy or whatsoever. And sometimes, Right now, I believe you need to put yourself in a mindset of respect. You know, when you, again, it's all about stuff that you say. See, I, I'm a big fan. It's all about what you say. The energy you put out is the energy you get back. You know, if you put out love, appreciation, respect, and applause, normally, you know what, that can only, what else can the universe get back to you? You know what? Right? So you're happy for other people's success. Be happy for people who are actually moving forward and doing great with their life, you know? And it's everybody, you know, if everybody keeps on applauding each other, we can all, you know, we're all in this together and move forward. And that's a lot of that going on. You need to be rather than just like just sit there and compare yourself in anxiety and, you know, just like, you know, rancor. You can just sit, sit there two seconds and acknowledge the fact that there's potential not just in this person, but there's also potential in you. And that's all you're supposed to interpret. 100 percent. 100 percent. It's, yeah, like you said, all 100% uh, perception. However you decide to, whatever meaning you decide to give to your experience is what you're going to experience emotionally. Great. But um, you talked a lot about um, the our environment, um, both uh, emotional, <laughs> emotional, spiritual. Uh, but I'm also talking about, you know, the, the physical in terms of um, what, we, what, what we consume, uh, both for our minds, our bodies. But also I'm very particular about... Um, the relationships, the people that are around us. And that's a really big factor because I've wrestled with that. Um, when you identify, and I'm being very particular here, whether it's friends, whether it's colleagues, whether it's family members, sometimes you have to identify the fact that maybe these are not the best people for us. Mm-hmm. And how do we wrestle with that, Tal? Um, well, when deciding, I think the easiest way to decide whether somebody is for you is based on... Um, how you feel when you're around them. Now, a lot of us will sacrifice our feelings in the moment for a greater good. And I'm not here to say that's that's either right or wrong. But if you're stuck in a space, in an area where if you're being 100% honest with yourself, you can say, I'm not happy about this situation and I no longer have any options to try to influence it, then you need to decide to remove yourself from that situation 100%. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to energy, from my perspective, when it comes to energy, um, it, it's simple, but it's not easy. 
you know, and, and it's a lot easier to try to manifest material things uh, into your reality um, than it is to to manifest a certain person because people are such complex beings that you're gonna you're gonna try to manifest this type of person, but you didn't uh, uh, account for all of the different qualities and hurdles and challenges that you're still gonna have to face, you know, when dealing with that person. And I think there's an element that we need to be flexible when it comes to that, but not too flexible to the point where we break ourselves. Um, I, don't, I don't know if that touched on the question. Completely. No, definitely, definitely, definitely. Because it's all about, I did not hear you say like, it's on the other person to change or adapt to me. It's on me to, you know, take ownership and take inventory of how I feel and the energy that I'm feeling because it's all on me, right? I can only work on me is what I heard. That's all. Yeah, you can't you can't change. I, I tend to believe that you do have the power to influence. But if you're trying to change, if you're trying to control, you're just going to tucker yourself out. You're going to be tired, exhausted, energy drained. And, and I think we need to really put a lot of uh, emphasis and, and importance on protecting our peace, our peace of mind. Uh-huh. You know, and a lot of times we don't do that. You also need to take ownership of, again, it's all about, you know, taking inventory in how you feel. And quite recently, I, I read, um, I was reading a passage where someone, uh, someone told me actually, like, you know, most people are afraid to be with themselves and be with the, with the self. You know, sometimes, you know, you, we gather so many people around us is just, you know, to compensate for the fact that we're afraid to be faced with ourselves. You know, quiet time, like moments with the self, sometimes those can be the most frightening moments for someone. If you're not used to being with yourself, if you're not used to having that internal dialogue, why is that such a struggle for some people? Well, I think that the, the biggest struggle with that is, I don't know. It, it could be two things. I think the first thing that comes to mind is is painful memories, painful thoughts that you have, painful feelings and emotions that if you felt like you didn't have something to kind of ease the pain or soothe it in any kind of way, whether it's alcohol, drugs, friends or anything like that, that you would just fall off into a deep depression and thing, stuff like that. Because it's pain that you feel pretty constantly, but you feel like being around people keeps it at bay. It's like your medicine. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing that I was going to say was... Um, could you, could you repeat the question one time? No, we're just we're we're just talking about um you know the the the, the fear and discomfort of being faced with ourself and you know having to sometimes contend with an uncomfortable internal dialogue because a lot of people would rather just like you know be surrounded by you know a, a horde of people rather than just like take take two seconds and be faced with the self and sometimes I wonder why is that so frightening for some people. Yeah, I think, yeah, like like I was saying that there's a pain that you're trying to avoid that you feel pretty constantly. And the other thing is that it's just so easy to be distracted. I mean, the society, I think, is built on keeping us distracted because there is true power in building a relationship with yourself. So society is going to give you uh, love and hip hop. Society is going to give you hip hop in general. <laughs> They're going to give you the radio. They're going to give you uh, uh, less than healthy foods to eat. They're going to tell you you're supposed to be like that. They're going to give you uh, a gender role to play. They're going to give you all of these things that you're supposed to fit into that you never really get a chance to say, well, how do I feel? How do I feel about this? Where do I fit in? You know? Um, it, it's just too, it's like a perfect storm. There's a lot of people who don't want to face themselves. And then it's so easy to not do it that we see an epidemic of people that don't 
truly understand themselves. They don't understand emotional intelligence. And it's just a, a cycle. You know, once you once you're in it, it's hard to break out of it. But once you do, it's a beautiful thing. Um, I'm pretty sure you're big on because I've read a lot about, uh, you know, regular routines, especially with, you know, daily exercises of, again, trying to, you know, achieve balance. I'm not sure if you know, you could just for the listeners, if you had any tips in terms of like, you know, morning routines or journaling or personal mantras that you could share. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like to start my days with a with a workout, get my mm-hmm. um, get my blood pumping, get my blood flowing um, and getting ready for the day. Uh, after that, I'm going it, to it's. I like to to meditate after that, right? So I do at least a, a 15 to 20 minute meditation. And I, I really personally like to do guided meditations as well. So mm-hmm. that, that a lot of times um, I use a, a fuck procrastination meditation. I like the, the profanity ones sometimes, but I also like the affirmations, the ones that remind me that I am love, I am capable, I am strength, I am, you know, patient, I'm this and I'm that. Uh, one of my favorite affirmations to say is money flows to me easily and abundantly. It was one of the first ones that I started trying out. And as my subconscious started to adhere to it, I started to see my uh, my opportunities for money become easier, 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 and more abundant. No kidding. So that's one of my favorite ones to do. Um, and then I like to go into uh, uh, audio book an audio book or some YouTube video or something like that. And that's what my mornings are like in an ideal case. Okay. Okay. So it's, so it's all about, you know, getting the jump start in the morning, like, you know, really like, you know, you know, catering or you're triggering your brain to put yourself in a particular mindset to attack the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe in starting a day with success. And these are things that I know I can control on a daily basis that can give me that feeling of achievement early in the morning. I believe that's the best way to start any day. Amazing. Cause I'm, cause I, I wake up pretty early cause I've got like, you know, two little minions I need to care take care of with my wife and stuff. So in the morning it gets pretty hectic, but you know, sometimes, you know, I just take 30 minutes myself, you know, just wake up super early before everybody and just like go downstairs in the basement in quiet, just like, you know, just do a little push ups and just like get the blood flowing and then just sit in quiet and just like, just in my head, just start my daily affirmations. Just like you, you know what? I'm powerful. I'm strong. I'm patient. I can take on this day. I can master my day and whatever comes let God may be. And, you know, just, you know, just let it happen. And that is something that really puts you, I believe, at peace, because if you master, if you can master this 30 minutes of your day, you know, just take it by daily increments. I think it's just about piece by piece by piece. And then eventually you'll know you'll live out the day. That's a good thing. I just thought about um, because you talked, you talked a lot about, you know, just things that you can control. How do you respond when people tell you, I don't have the time? I don't have the time. I, the, the, my first reaction to that is, and I may be wrong, but my first reaction is always, well, have you taken inventory of your time? The reason okay. I say that is because if you actually count out, if you do 24 hours times, and I'll pull up a, a calculator. If you do 24 times uh, seven, let me just pull this up real quick. 24 times seven. We're talking about 168 hours, right? Now, people work for about 40 hours a week. So if I take that out, 40, uh, 40 hours, and then we sleep and, and so on. I'm not going to go through the entire calculation, but I feel like mm-hmm. if more people were to actually do the calculation, we calculate how much we work, how much we sleep, how much we do this and how much we do that, we would 
more often than not, find some time to do something that is really impactful for your future. You can find 20 minutes to meditate. I don't think anybody is up and going. You know, I'm not going to discount anybody because I don't believe in absolutes. But Mm -hmm. I think it's safe to say that if you did the calculation, you would find time to do something that's super impactful. And people that say, I don't have the time, have simply just not done the calculation. It's all about taking ownership. Yeah. And why was that? Why I was asking that is because you know I just uh, I, I read uh, David Allen's book, Getting Things Done, and it's a lot about you know prioritizing. And you have to ask yourself, like, okay, for me, seriously, it was all about you know entertainment in terms of okay, I'm a big movie buff. I have an extraordinarily huge you know movie collection on weekends or on evenings. You know what? Let me watch a show. Let me watch this movie. But eventually, I'm like, okay, this is a two and a half hour movie. What can I get done in two and a half hours? I can draft a blog post. I can read, you know, this article on personal finance. I can, you know, do the laundry. I can read my kids a story. In two and a half hours, I can get a lot done. I can get more sleep. And most recently, this is a this is my own exercise. I've totally cut off, you know, shows. You know, the Netflixing and stuff. I've totally cut that off. What am I doing now, Tal? I'm reading. I go to the library a lot. I read a lot. You know, it takes me a lot longer because of the kids and the daily routine, but I managed it a lot. I'm, I've basically, you know, managed to, that's this time that I'm, you know, not using for TV or Netflixing and stuff is stuff that I'm putting in, in terms like, oh, okay, how can I make better audio with my podcast? How can I connect better? How can I meditate? You know, these are things that, you know, people need to reassign because everybody, again, their own, there are no absolutes. You're very right on that, but you have to appreciate the fact that 24 hours you know, is given to everybody. You have this opportunity. You know, there are some people who are at the hospital right now, but you are here. You're ready. You're able. You're make it happen. Make something happen. Sometimes I feel like I'm I'm too harsh. Well, when it comes to to being hard, I think being harsh sometimes is is necessary. You know, or seem being not afraid to seem harsh because really you can't be harsh. You can only seem harsh. You know, because okay. perception is reality. Some people are going to listen to you and hear it one way. Other people are going to hear it a completely different way based on their own perception, their own experiences. So I think the best thing for us to do as, you know, individuals who can only control themselves is to have complete confidence in that if I'm, if my intent is to build you up, if my intent is to give you something that you can work with to better you, then I need to not be afraid that you may take it the wrong way because it's true, but there's nothing you can do about that. I can't jump in your head and change your perception about what I'm saying. So I wouldn't be afraid of being harsh or seeming harsh rather. You talk a lot about, about vision. Uh, you talk a lot about manifestation and you talk about, again, just seeing this reality for yourself. And I'm really wondering for Tao, what was, what, was it an uphill battle? When did the shift happen? Or if you can just walk us through your personal story of how, you know, you had that mindset, that mind shift, because I'm sure, I'm sure it didn't happen overnight. No, not at all. It was definitely a journey. And when I thought I had it, I realized I didn't. And, you know, I'm learning to, to just take it one day at a time and, and it, it just experience the journey. But uh, back in 2014, when I was uh, leaving college, I actually experienced a severe case of anxiety and I had never been able to identify it as that. I've never been diagnosed with that before, but it was due to a lot of things that were going on in school, financial and academic that, you know, I just wasn't ready to, to handle emotionally. And I found myself 
questioning why I can't get myself to do the things that I know I need to do or that I set out to do. And uh, long story short, when it comes to that, I ended up talking to an on-campus psychiatrist and Mm -hmm. they introduced me to the idea that maybe I was just anxious and that set me off to, to look into it. And I, I found that, yeah, maybe maybe I am. You know, I don't know if it, if I got enough information to say definitely that I am. But at the same time, I still started taking steps to to remedy it. And by doing that, I saw a, a major shift in you know how I was feeling and how I was acting. And it also opened me up to learning because because of that experience, I started researching. So. After I decided that I needed to figure out what I needed to do long term, um, reading was a part of that. So I started mm-hmm. with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I read that book because uh, I, I remember time and time again, people have been telling me to read it. Sometimes I've had it as assignments in school, and I've never really grasped it. I've never really experienced that book. So when I finally did, and I realized the power of books to change your perception and your perception changing in reality... Oh, I was hooked. I was done. So then I started, uh, I opened a business. I went to Idaho. I did a whole bunch of things, but that's pretty much where the shift happened in 2014. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, so that, so again, and it's so funny because I'm very big on mental health and mental issues. And is it, I get the feeling that a lot more people are going through the same thing than they're willing to admit. And that's frightening. And sometimes I don't know if it's just, again, shame I'm not sure if it's just discomfort, but I feel that there's a lot of of timidity and people who are not willing to admit that they're they are going through these struggles. I have no idea why that why that is. Uh, I, I, the one of the um, the biggest missions of the Uncle Sonny project is to uh, get people to come to terms with that. You know, to have the guts to follow the guts. So they they need to realize that those experiences, if not addressed, can be your detriment. You know, and uh, it, it could be shame in a lot of cases, and it could be all these different things. But I think it always comes down to a lack of a set of self acceptance. You know, a lack mm-hmm. of self love, and when you don't have that, then you don't have a leg to stand on, pretty much. Um. So yeah, you're right. You know, we, we've got definitely. To- to, to accept that you know these these challenges I have, and I think you touched on it right in the beginning. The most important reason why I need to accept it is because, as as an individual who is a part of the whole, I need to realize that I'm not the only one going through it. You know, I'm not the only one experiencing it. So if I can overcome it, I have the opportunity to then help other people overcome it as well. So to not accept it in a way is selfish. It is. That's a huge, that's a huge realization when you have to understand that, you know what, you are better of service. You do better, you do greater good Mm -hmm. by allowing others to see you for your vulnerabilities, for your frailties and your honesty, rather than just try to put on a face and, you know, kind of, again, there's that word harsh again, kind of being a hypocrite, Mm -hmm. you know, by trying to put on a face of being always a rock and always having your, your, your stuff together. And, you know, it's really important to actually be as vulnerable and be as human as you possibly can to let people know that, you know what, it is okay to be you and it's okay to go through these feelings because you are human and it is very normal for you to go through this. And more and more, I believe that, you know, more people be open up and be more, more vulnerable. 
uh, about these things and a lot of people will be more correct. want to address are the things that rule them, the things that weigh them down, the things that weigh, that hold them back. If they were to address it and they, they, they feel that that weight lifted off their shoulders, they will understand the strength and being vulnerable and saying, you know, I'm sorry or and being human because nobody's different. Nobody is perfect by any stretch of the imagination and you don't need to pretend to be as well. And when you do, you cause yourself pain and distress, disease. There's a lot. There's a lot of anxiety going on. There's a lot of. There, there's a lot of. Again, there, there, it's just stress. It's just stress, and you know, there's a heightened level of stress, whether for men and women. Uh, but it's everybody is trying to, you know, just trying to piece it all together and. Eventually, even I had to come to terms, you know, because you know I, I, I lost my job, you know, my son was born, and you know it was a very bad period. And when you realize that, you know what, you can't do it all and you don't have all the answers. And, you know, right now you are out for the count and it's okay. You know, eventually that doesn't make you lesser of a person. It just means you did your best. And right now you need to sit this one out. You need to breathe and thank God, you know, my wife was there to support me. And, you know, we had a long conversation and you know what, everything turned out fine. Everything turned out okay. And you realize, you know, again, (laughs) as cliche as it sounds, life goes on, but you got to walk along. You know, you got to keep going. You have to keep going. Absolutely. You can't give up on yourself. Absolutely. They say what it was something I picked up uh, from one of Big Sean's lyrics. He was like, uh, uh, if you don't keep moving, nothing else will move. So if you like standing still, every so will everything else around you. Everything will come to a standstill if you do. So like, yeah, at the end of the day, life does go on whether you want to stand still or not. But your experience will be very stagnant if you decided to not have an element of optimism or acceptance or peace with your situation. Do you ever um, do you ever experience, uh, you know, because, again, it's always a, a learning process, a growth uh, process. And so we're always, you know, trying to better ourselves. Do you ever encounter those moments of, you know, stress or anxiety uh, or, or, you know, the past few days or, you know, recently? Are you still, are you still dealing with that? All the time. It's my favorite part. <laughs> really? Absolutely. <laughs> I, 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 but I've redefined my challenges and my struggles so that I don't have to avoid them in order to be happy, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I think I've trained myself to think of my challenges as things that were sent to me to make me better, to help me realize something about myself, to get me to the next level. It's kind of like going to the gym, right? You're not going to go to the gym to not lift anything, to not put yourself under any stress or anything like that. You're going to lift weights or run. You're going to push yourself physically so that you can improve, you know? So on my daily various challenges, I I tend to run towards them with a, with a, a sense of excitement. Because mm-hmm. this is an opportunity for me to express myself, reaffirm myself, and also learn something new about myself so that I can add to who I am and then be be more of a value because the overall goal is to be a value to those around you. We can't get until we give and we can't give something we don't have, right? Mm-hmm. And we receive through challenge, through embracing challenge, through more acceptance, through more patience, through more love, you know, more kindness. So if I'm faced with an opportunity that's pushing me out of my comfort zone, I'm like, okay, what's the lesson here? Let's get to it. 
you know, and I try to be be as open-minded and patient with it as possible because I know it's for my betterment. That's powerful. You know what makes me think of? Um, Recently, I was listening to a podcast uh, that Kobe Bryant gave on uh, the uh, School of Greatness podcast. And uh, the question that was asked to him is like, um, how do you deal with uh, with um, with defeat or failure? He's like, you know, he didn't he didn't even blink. He said, it's exciting. What do you mean it's exciting? Well, you know, and he didn't even blink. He said, it's exciting. It's like, really? It's exciting. And he gave an example. After every game, win or lose, especially the ones where you lo- where the team loses, he basically goes through the entire tape, the entire tape, not just clips, not highlights, the entire tape. And you would think that that would be painful, right? But no, that's there's a learning experience here. Why didn't I pass the ball here? Okay, he shifted here. Like, okay, I should have been there or I didn't pass it here. Or is it, and you know what? For at at first he's like no I, I was thinking because again you're so detached right but you need that that master mentality that champion mentality to understand it I'm not there yet but once he's explaining it he's like you know what that actually makes sense you know you how can you get better if you do not acknowledge what you know what what made you fail you know what 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 your what your challenges were as you put it you know. Mm-hmm. So even sometimes, even me with through this podcast, you know, again, 70 episodes in and you're like, you know, sometimes I do go back. It was sometimes it was gut wrenching, but I had to go back to previous episodes like, wow, OK, you really need to slow down. Stop talking. So <laughs> but it's all about growth. Just same way you put it. I'm sorry. I'm not sure it was a related example. I'm sorry. It was just because, again, it just made me think oh, about it. You know, but it was bullseye right on. Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm excited to lose. I'm excited to, to see challenge. It's all because winning is cool. Winning is great and everything like that. But you don't learn anything from winning. You just get to win and that's it. But when you when you lose, when you're faced with challenge, you're it's like more of a, a it, it grabs my attention, you know. It's not like oh, I won that, I achieved that, cool, moving on. When you lose or when you have something to work on, that's something you can focus on. That's something you can manipulate. That's something that um, you can try a new thing. Okay, that didn't work. What about this? Can this work? You know, can that work? And then when it does work, okay, you get that great feeling of winning. You reach that next level. But then it, you're going to plateau until you lose again, until you're faced with adversity. You know, so I, from talking to you, I'm starting to think that I like losing more than winning. Now, <laughs> I think I'm going to put on my goal, my list of goals, lose as much as possible in 2019. Because by, by 2020, whew, Do you vision board? I don't have one right now. Not okay. currently, but I have created a, a couple of vision boards. Uh, my most favorite vision board was uh, created when I was still in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I put a lot of work into it. That's why I really liked it. It was mm-hmm. a, a big, uh, like, caulk board. Mm-hmm. board. I painted the rims. I did. I, I printed out. This is something that people don't, I don't normally see people do with their vision boards. But I printed out pictures from Google to put mm-hmm. on my vision board as opposed to, like, cutting out a magazine and stuff. And mm-hmm. I think that, I think that was dope because those pictures were specific to me. It wasn't just what I could find. I went and sought what I actually wanted and put it on my vision board. Okay. And when I put this vision board up, I experienced a, a crazy change in my life. It, it definitely bettered my life. You know, while really? I that up. Yep. And I, I kind of I let it go when I was moving because I wanted to travel light. But I also put my faith and trust in that when the time was right, I was going to create a new vision board that would be better than that one. So I let that one go. 
and I'm still in the process of getting. I've created more vision boards since then, but I need the right one, and that one's still coming up. So what would be your tips for someone who just wants to make like, you know, who just starting out, you know, again, one, uh, you know, what uh, I read a lot about those vision boards. I heard Tal, you know, talk to Oliver about this vision boarding. So how would they get started? I would recommend finding a vision board party. I think that's the easiest way to do it. That's what I did to get my first vision board going. Um, okay. And, and from, yeah, you can either host or go to a, a vision board party, but that's a really good way to do it. It gets the wheels turning in that direction. And if you're anything like me, you'll take that first vision board based on whatever materials you had to make it. And maybe you'll decide to make it more personal like I did, you know, but that's a very good way to get started out. That's what I would recommend. Vision board party. Just surround yourself with peers and just like, okay, let's just all put our ideas on the table. You know, people you trust. 100%. Um, I want to talk about, because um, I still want to touch on that because that reminds me of a clip that you put up on IG about, you know, people coming to you and uh, saying, Tao, what if it doesn't work out? What if I fail? What if I fall? What is, what, what is this was this most stupidest idea ever? And I really, for people who haven't seen it, please go, go check out Uncle Sonny Project on Instagram and find that video. It's definitely worth hearing. But I'd like, I'd like you to share your vision and your opinion and your thoughts on failure. Absolutely. And I, I definitely, um, I like that. That's one of my favorite videos. I had such a great energy in that video. And by you bringing it up just puts me back in that place energetically. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you for that. Um, but what, what I was going over in that video was I, I was addressing your fear, you know, fear being something that will stop you in your tracks and, and make it harder for you to even try. So you don't even know whether it's going to work out or not, because you haven't even gotten the past the fear of what if it goes bad and, and reverting back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier, the solution mm -hmm. to that is is where you decide to invest your trust. Is your trust in your situation or is your trust in your ability? You know, if you have a very good relationship with yourself and you believe in yourself, you'll put your trust in your ability over your situation. So what happens if it doesn't go right? You take a step back, you reassess the situation, what's going on here. You pick out every, uh, aspect of the situation you make sure you appropriately assign meanings to them so that they're not so you're not like uh, self-sabotaging yourself by misdefining something and then mm -hmm. you you continue on with your action you you act accordingly because of that is nothing wrong with failure and to go back to something else we were talking about failure is good failure is great if you're not failing you're not trying simple as that wow so you have to try. You basically have to get going. You know, however you go, just make it happen. You'll figure it out along the way is what I'm hearing. Absolutely. I, I like to think of fear in a couple of ways. There's an acronym that, mm -hmm. that I, I put with fear. And it's, um, it's, two, it's two ways to look at it, right? You can look at fear as, um, as something that you can face everything and rise. Or you can say, fuck everything and run. Right. Okay. If you were if you were adamant about creating a grand vision, I would assume that you would choose to think of fear as something that you can face so that you can rise rather than turning your tail and running away. Right. Because all in all, fear is just false evidence appearing real. 
So if you are able to what? Oh my bad. Did I false just... evidence appearing real? Oh wow. Did I gotta I... sit down for that one. Did I just give you something? Wow, you just gave me something. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so, not even making this up. I've never figured. Oh wow! False evidence appearing real. Absolutely, false evidence. Appearing I'm sorry, real. I interrupted you on that one. I'm sorry. It was just like so amazing. I apologize. No problem. I'm excited. I'm excited that you are uh, you're able to take that. But yeah, false evidence appearing real. So what that means to me is that if I'm resisting something, that's probably uh, that's probably me being afraid of something, right? A lot of that's another thing too. A side note: a lot of us don't even know how to identify fear. You know, we we go through life not truly knowing why we do what we do, why we feel the way we feel. And if we can identify those, then we can, you know, saying if we can di- properly diagnose our feelings and emotions, I think we can better manage them. But to me, when I do recognize fear or resistance in something in my life, I want to take it and I want to sit with it. I want to ask questions about it. Why am I not doing what I said I was going to do? Why am I uh you know, pushing back against this person on this point or, or or why am I resisting this experience from my life? And when I take it and break it down and find out that it's something that's in me, which is most of the case, now I can break through that barrier, break through that wall that was fear. Because it's not real. It's just false evidence. You know, just because it looks like something doesn't mean it is that thing at all. It's just your perception. And if you can it's examine that... If you can examine that, you can manage that. But we don't take responsibility either. So when you don't take responsibility for things who that you don't think are in your power or your fault or whatever you want to call it, we tend to not try to manage it in the best way because we already wrote it off as something that has nothing to do with us when really a lot of the times it's the energy we put out that has come back to us. And we haven't taken responsibility for it. I That's- can't get that girl. I can't. I don't deserve that promotion. I can't lose this weight. Like, you know, why would I travel to Thailand? It's all about limiting beliefs. And again, the words that you speak. Mm-hmm. Wow. So false evidence appearing real. Okay, I'm going to write that down. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's so it's so true. It is so true what you, what you said, because it's it's again, it's wow. It's it's it's, it's all about what we tell ourselves. And until you go peek around the corner and figure it out for yourself, you're just making up excuses. Again, here I am sounding harsh, but you will never know until you try. And again, if you you know fall flat on your face, at least you did. It's mm-hmm. better than most who mostly never try. Mm-hmm. But you have to try. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I had a conversation last night uh, with a very close relative who uh, was like, yeah, I want to do this. I want to do that. And I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. But they still they still uh, made it a point to to identify the reasons why I was able to do it. And they're not because, you know, me, I'm, I'm going to be like, well, do it. Yeah, you can do that. You can do that. Quickly, they go into, well... Yeah, sure. Why don't you? Uh, yeah, like, well, I'm too old, or you need degrees, or you need to move to this state to have the perfect situation to grow and things like that. And I've learned in my journey that it's best to allow somebody to believe what they want to believe mm-hmm. you know, than to, to oppose it, because 
when you believe something, when you're convinced of something, there is mm-hmm. nothing except an experience that is going to change that. You know, so I try in my my influence, my to the maximum of my influence, I try to be as supportive as I possibly can while still planting seeds. Well, maybe you don't need a degree to start a business. You know, you don't need a, a, a master's to be a masterpiece, is something I like to say. Right. Okay. Maybe these are just things that you're telling yourself that, you know, you're just justifying why you can't have the ideal situation because of whatever reason, usually fear. And, and that, that's, it's that self-talk. It goes back to that self-talk, you know. See, that's something that I'm always afraid because, you know, a lot. Cause sometimes my wife likes to joke around. like, yeah, you know, you probably do some life coaching and stuff. It's like, well, dear, the thing is, I'd be too much of an asshole because <laughs> I would definitely look at you square in the face like, you know what? You like, no, well, I can't do this. Well, yes, you can. Just, you know, just get up and do it. Just stop talking. Just just stop. See that? See, I, I would need to polish up, you know, my dialogue. So, but I really appreciate you talking about the empathy. You need to, you know, accept the fact that this is not, you are not this person and you cannot force your will or your influence, as you put it, onto this person. And as you said, it has to be an experience. You have to decide for yourself and you can only wish the best for someone. And you know what? Nurture them, support them and give them all the love and understanding and wisdom that you can. But it's up to their decision and it's their choice. Mm Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. And I think to the point of you being a life coach, uh, different strokes for different folks. So I feel like that experience that we talk about could mm-hmm. be a life coach who just is blunt. <laughs> especially, especially if I think very, very strongly, like if somebody were to pay you to be a life coach and this is what they got, um, it would be foolish of them to not try to hear your message, however it came out. You came to me to help you, and I'm giving you what you asked and what you paid for. So please do your best to take it in. You know, I'm giving it to you straight up, no chaser. <laughs> this is what you came for. This is what yes. you came for. You know exactly what you were getting into. Exactly. That's the thing. Because that, that, that's genuinely who I am. That's genuinely who I am. It's like, I'm a very nice person. But if you come to me for advice, if you come to me for counsel, if you come to me for to, to help you, you know, get over this hurdle, mm-hmm. I know I'm enough. I have enough emotional intelligence to, to know what to tell you, to give you what you need in both thought and words to get you going. But it's up to you to decide whether you want to take it or not. <laughs> the onus is on you. Absolutely. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold myself back, Oliver. If you want, if if being a life coach is in your heart and it's in mine, I wouldn't let the story that you tell yourself about being harsh or too harsh stop you from doing that because there's a market for that. You know, there's there's people that I'm one of those people. I may not like being told, you know, about myself a lot of the times, and not a lot of people do, but. As an emotionally responsible person, I do realize that the bottom line is things need to get done. And sometimes you need to face this regardless of how it comes out. It comes right at you. It's in your face. That's because you've ignored all the subtle, uh, the subtle reminders or the subtle uh, you know, nudges that you had to get done what you know what you needed to get done. Sometimes mm-hmm. people need to have that kind of conversation with Oliver. 
so sometimes I'm not my wife. I'm very, I make things very uncomfortable for my wife. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, we, well, okay, so let's just get up. Like, okay, so we need to be on time. Okay, so we need to get up at 6 a.m. 6 a.m. Well, yeah, we just need to, we need to execute. So let's just get, well, you're harsh. Is it? No, I'm not harsh. It's, just, it's the same thing I'm going through with my kids, you know, because my kids are really young. But I've got the affirmation, like, no, you will pick up your toys. You will pick up your toys. You're not, no, you're not going to bed. You will pick up your toys. But dad, you will pick up your toys. It's like, they're, like leave the kids alone. No, you will pick up your toys. <laughs> dad life. Segway. You're doing great. Here's something, uh, something that I picked up last year, right? And it's all about uh, how you receive a certain information. It's, you know, in regards to you being harsh, I don't think is you can be harsh, but it's how people perceive it. So like if I, you can't see me right now, but if mm-hmm. I were to be doing something with my hand, maybe snapping, you know, I'm mm-hmm. snapping is over and over and over again. The snapping in itself isn't annoying. It's that you're annoyed by it. So nothing, okay. can be, I mean, nothing can be harsh to you without you accepting that reality, without you giving that definition to it. Right. You know what I'm saying? I so, see. So I different you. people will perceive things in different ways. Some people will say harsh. Some people will say tough love. Some people will say direct. You know? He's shifting right now. He's slowly planting seeds of influence. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else do I want to get into? There's so much, so much, so much. Oh, here's a, here's an important one. And I'm sure um, you've got a lot to say about this one because um, this is something also I've, I've uh, basically, you know, um, been studying a lot over the, well, reading about a lot for over the past year. Um, I want to talk about gratitude, Tal. Oh, wow. And that's simply because I realized that, and you're probably going to understand this example, is that I can spend, I can go, I can come home, right? And I can talk for 10 minutes about the crappy day. I can talk about the weather. I can talk about the traffic. I can talk about, you know, the order at Subway that was messed up. Uh, my coffee being poured wrong, right? I can give so much energy and so much space to this negative and toxicity and all this frustration, but I cannot be grateful about the fact that, hey, I'm home. I get to see my kids. Um, I didn't have an accident. Um, I didn't, you know, so many little things, but just as compounded, right, are so joyous and so, uh, you know, valuable, you know, but we always have a tendency as people, I'm not sure if it's because of, you know, uh, regularity and because we're so used to it, to the complaining is taking a lot of space in our conversation. But if you just flip it, mm-hmm. be a little bit more grateful. You know, if I can take just a personal example, I was telling my wife this just last night, babe, I've been in Canada since 2001. You know, mm-hmm. we pay for health insurance and everything. You know, we've got, we've got the package, right? But I've never been to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Not once. My kids have been, my wife has been, family's been. I've never been to the hospital, not even once. That is amazing. And I'm very grateful. So these are the little things you need to be grateful for. And I believe that, you know, right now people need to learn about gratitude. I'm sorry, I took a lot of, you know, just to intro that. But I really wanted to get your two cents on gratitude. Gratitude is my number one thing. I love gratitude. It's like a magical pill that you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to go to the gym to express it. You don't have to do anything. And in just such a short time of practicing gratitude, just naming a couple of things that you're grateful for wholeheartedly will change your entire perception on your life and therefore change how you interact with it. 
So gratitude is awesome. The only thing is I I don't recommend waiting until things get bad until you decide to to practice it. You know, that's not something that you're going to be poked in the back by a, a negative situation. It's like, oh, well, maybe I should start being thankful. It's something that you need to make a conscious decision in a, a, a neutral emotional state to just start trying to list those things. And it may not make any sense for a lot of people just starting out. It's like, oh, yeah, it sounds nice. It's fairy tale puffs and things like that. But I have experienced on multiple occasions just an overwhelming feeling of gratitude randomly, sometimes in public, you know, to the point where I have tears of joy that things are just really good, you know. And I know for a fact that nothing specific in my life had changed. You know, it was how I started to look at my life because of the rewiring, the the internal work that I was doing with myself. And it's I, I'm a I'm a I'm a type of person who likes instant gratification. You know, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people do, but um, I, I'm not saying that I need to get a major. You know, I need to see major leaps and, and bounds done in, in a short period of time. But I do like to see small wins. You know, and that with gratitude is something I've been able to experience small wins from the moment I started doing it. So I definitely recommend it. Well, so what are some, you know, small things we can do on a daily basis? Like, you know, just random tips and just off the top of your head can that people can do like, you know, just wake up tomorrow morning. What, what, what's some what's one way they can be grateful? One way I could be one. There's so many different ways, but one way to be grateful for way to be grateful early in the morning is to look around, look around and start naming the things that are in your your household or in your space that you uh, would feel some some type of way if they had not been there. Like, for instance, your bed. I'm grateful for having a bed. I'm grateful for having a roof over my head. Thank you for whoever's laying next to me. This person is supportive. I'm grateful for this person in my life. I'm grateful because I have dishes or any little thing. And then I think that when that evolves, you start to to think that more often and more automatically. And then you can mm-hmm. start using that as a foundation to start manifesting. So now you can start saying thankful for things you're not currently looking at. You know, you're you're gonna thank people, thank uh, you'll put out the vibration that you're thankful for experiences that you haven't had yet. Mm-hmm. You know, that's I think that's the next level. But at the first level, first off, it ruin it, it raises your vibration to a level where you're able to operate from a happy, joyous place. You know, and that's the biggest benefit of it because when okay. you're happy, you're gonna act in happy ways, and you're gonna give people. You, happy people make happy people. You know, hurt people hurt people. You know, I hear that a lot. You know what I'm saying? So you want to make sure that the internal is filled with with goodness so that when it comes time to give to somebody else, you're giving them quality energy. You know, Mm -hmm. but it starts with you. And gratitude is a really good way to rewire your frequency. Wow. Okay. 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 No, I, I doesn't. You can't see me now, but I'm really taking notes. I'm genuinely taking notes right now. It's amazing. Wow. So the gratitude. It's it's about it's all about you know what we bring. It's all about selflessness. It's all about just speaking the words of you know as simple as thank you. Um, yes. I appreciate you. 
and just identifying simple elements of our environment, you know, whether it's your bed, uh, whether it's a cup of coffee, uh, you know, just, you know, the sun rising, the air you breathe, just yes. being grateful. Mm-hmm. And we can work from the small things and onto the big things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And as you said, don't wait for, um, for you know, the, the, the tragedy to happen before yeah. you start begging for, for, for gratitude, you know? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Here's another good way, too. Um, mm-hmm. at, hmm, there's a couple of good ways, actually. But uh, what I was going to say was uh, if you start paying attention to the information that you consume, right, if we're on YouTube and we're constantly consuming information that's entertainment based, it's not the worst thing in the world, but that's an opportunity for you to start listening to more positive messages. If The more positive mm-hmm. messages you listen to, the more mm-hmm. inept your brain is to go ahead and do that or to you know, it's more likely to automatically start running these programs and these processes based off of what you're feeding it, what you're consuming. I like to do it with music. So instead of listening to the most popular song, I'll listen to a song that I like. But what I like also includes conscious, you know, lyrics, uplifting lyrics. Okay. So a song that's it's a sunny day, it's a sunny day. And it'll have me appreciate a good day. You know, that raises my vibration. I think that's super important and a super simple and easy way to start, you know, rewiring that, that old subconscious. Amazing. Um, last element, because I know I have to let you go because, again, the evening is just like going stretch because there's so many gems and we could go like, you know, ends on end. But the last element is probably something you're quite familiar with. It's all about that balance issue, just like you're, just to round it out. Because we talked about vision, affirmation, manifesting, creating our own environment, caring for ourselves, the energy we put out, gratitude. How do we set boundaries, Tal? Set boundaries. Um, setting boundaries. Setting boundaries first starts off with knowing what you want. You know, and that, I think that's probably the biggest hurdle for most people is just getting in touch with yourself to know where your boundaries should be. You know, mm-hmm. and once once you set those boundaries, I think the biggest part is not being able to act when they've been crossed, because just like in society, we have laws. That's cool. That's our boundaries. Right. But if mm-hmm. we're not a, if we're not uh, equipped to enforce them or if we're afraid to act when they've been violated, then that's the biggest detriment to even setting the boundaries in the first place. Mm-hmm. So. To summarize, I would say first you got to know yourself. You got to know where your boundaries should be, should and should not be, um, and then you need to be able to say, "Look, regardless of the situation, I have my deal breakers, I have my boundaries, and if they are violated, I will do X, Y, Z, and follow mm-hmm. through with that." Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to that, going back to fear, we need to make sure that you know if we're if we're removing something a situation or a person or anything out of our life that any that, that at the end of the day they're not what makes us i'm what makes me you know at the worst case scenario i have me and that's okay you know and when you come to that realization it becomes a lot easier to then enforce your boundaries to remove yourself from a a situation that is not serving you Okay. Does, does that touch on it pretty good? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're definitely hitting it. You're definitely hitting it because my concern is always about 
we always want growth. We always want to better ourselves and we always want to, you know, seek high as we like to call it the proverbial next level. But at the same time, we also have to be very acknowledging of, you know, our environment and people who probably are not on the same energy wavelength as we are. So a lot of people might want to impose their, their energy or, or their, or, you know, that's the word, you know, their energy onto us. And, you know, it's all sometimes for me, at least, you know, being so accommodating and so open and so loving, I have had to wrestle that with that over the years and trying to understand that it is important for me to set boundaries. And that is a very real struggle for some people because we always want to be giving and, you know, hinder ourselves for the well-being of others. And for me, it was I thought it was something it was important to touch on. Absolutely. Here's one thing for you, something that I picked up off of uh, social media. Sure, please. I saw somebody that had posted a post that said if um, if people want to vibrate on a lower frequency than you, you must honor that. You know, oh, so wow. if somebody wants to to live in a world, you know, where they're upset or, you know, they're they're not living their best life, you can't take ownership of that. You can't take responsibility for that. You must honor it. That's their decision. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, and I know that that's our our problem as somebody who does care for people who is empathetic, uh, has empathy, and we also have information at the same time. That's like a, a perfect storm to be a preacher, you know, to try change everybody's life. But it didn't happen that way for me. I'm sure it didn't happen that way for you. It wasn't somebody that came out of out of left field and say, Hey, you better start meditating. You better start being gratitude. No, not at all. It came from having anxiety, (laughs) you know, it came from being depressed. It came from having big goals and big dreams and big visions. That's what I had. And it led me to gratitude and meditation and all these different things. So you got to allow people to have their own journey and that's going to make it easier on everybody involved. It's amazing. Tell Spicer. I cannot thank you enough. Um, this is where I can only say, again, show gratitude. See, I'm taking notes. Yes, thank indeed. you so much for all your amazing worth, your amazing work, your positive energy, your message, um, you know, your friendship. It's, it's a lot. Um, it's, again, you can't put that into words, but this is one of those very spontaneous moments where, you know, you have something, you see this person, you meet this person, you connect with this person. And you know what? I really am grateful and I'm really honored uh, for, for your time, uh, your wisdom. And I can only wish you nothing but health, growth, happiness, and positive energy going forward. I hope this is not our last interaction. Again, open invitation. Anytime you want to come back, this was an amazing conversation. I can only say thank you for that. I really do appreciate it. Absolutely. Love, love. And I appreciate you too. You definitely uplifted my spirits as well. This conversation was a great experience. I had a lot of fun and I definitely look forward to doing it again in the future. Not a problem. I'm definitely, <laughs> definitely. Not to push you on the spot. I always like to close off the conversation with my with my guests, uh, just opening up the floor, uh, a kind word, a positive thought, a call to action, even a quote, you know, everything's fair game, you know, that we can leave the listeners with, you know, to, to wake up tomorrow morning and, you know, try to, you know, make the next step towards the next level. Absolutely. Well, I think I'll talk a little bit about the Uncle Sunny Project and our, our purpose. Please, please do. Our, our purpose being to help people have the guts to follow their guts. So I want you to tune into that. If it's in you, if you have a gut, if you have something that you want to do and you want to accomplish, I need you to have the guts to, to follow that. 
you know, because what I want to do is remind you to mind you, if that makes sense. So that's that what I want. I, that's what I would want to leave everybody with. Have the guts to follow your guts, and don't forget to mind yourself. Please, guys, you heard it here first. Tao Spicer at Uncle Sunny Project on Instagram. All the links and all the references will be available on the blog, on the blog post for this program for this podcast once this episode goes live. I'm your host Olivier Day, all the way from Kansas, Quebec, Canada, all the way from Los Angeles, California. Man, this show is really, really covering some mileage. Man, wow. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing to all the to everyone. Much love, blessings. Be safe. Be loved. Love each other. Have a terrific evening and stay awesome. This has been another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. We do love to get your feedback, so please drop us a line. Our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review. We always do appreciate your support, and thank you for listening. Stay awesome. Stay awesome.